0: Today, we choose to watch JFK, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. We are diving into a film that is so confusing and so convoluted, it's like a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma. We will go back and to the left, back and to the left, back and to the left, as we discuss Oliver Stone's JFK. The 1991 film is not about one of the U.S most popular presidents, but instead about the conspiracy surrounding his assassination and one district attorney that seeks the truth or just some insane fantasy that started it all. I'm Alex Houston, alongside Davis Carroll here for another episode of Through the Lens, season three, episode 54, I believe, as we discuss this insane. Davis, you recommended it last year. You had me put it on the list Uh, and here we are today. How do you feel? I
1: recommended
0: it. I wrote it down in Uh, the... When I pulled up the summer plans file, it was on there in
1: bold. So I, I was warning Alex about this movie. I, you know, I was telling him it's, it, it's crazy. It falls apart in the end. And he didn't believe me. He thought he was like, oh, there's no way this movie can be bad. And you watched it. Just give us your initial, what was
0: I right? You know, for the first two and a half hours, uh, I was watching it at the at the See apartment. How absurd on absurd that the TV. For yeah. the first four hours, <laughs> I watched this movie. For the first two and a half hours, I was having a good time. My roommate suddenly kept coming in. I was like, "Oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what just happened this time." And then, for the final thirty minutes, I just kept pausing, going, "Oh my god, why? Oh why would it not end?" Mm-hmm. He had more to say. It was like a. We'll get to that, won't we, Davis? But this, is first, dir- this isn't even the director's cut. This is not even the. I haven't even seen the director's cut. Uh, also, I want you to know that I talked to friend of the show Josie yet again yesterday. Time to be real, Alex. Sorry. Go, go talk to your. Thinking. Are you I gotta, serious? I got to be real. Are, <laughs> are you serious, right? You No. <laughs> Terrible. Oh my lord. Yeah. Whatever. But I was telling you that. I talked to a friend of the show, Josie Jock, yesterday, and she wanted to clarify that she loves your mm-hmm, tangents, Davis. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm sure she does. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't so convinced either. We I, already, I, I...
1: already had one. We're not even a minute in the show.
0: Exactly, exactly. This is this is great, great radio. But first, Davis, before we get to an incredible news segment with a lot of D23 news, we got some trivia from last week. Helen Mirren won the Best Actress Oscar, beating out Meryl Streep for which 2006 movie? It related to some news from recent weeks, technically. Pack Watch. Oh, Lord. Yes, because the film was The Queen. I have never seen or heard of this movie, but once I saw the trivia during well that week, I decided it seemed pretty cool. I imagine she played the Queen in it. But what queen? Oh, I'll look into it. That's a great thank you, Davis. You're gonna look into that while we'll get moving on with some D twenty three news. It happened while we were recording the show last week, and we didn't feel, I guess, prepared to break it as as the show was running, as D twenty three was opening up, but I'll give you one guess
1: as to what queen she plays. Victoria? I don't know. Actually, I can't find. Are it. you serious? You know, Elizabeth. I'm- she plays. She plays the queen. What do you okay, mean? Okay. 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 There's it's, a lot. Of, there's I a think- lot of
0: the queen TV shows. You got the Crown. The Queen. Are we gonna get the King next? Do you watch those? No. Do apparently, watch the, those? apparently the Crown. No, the Crown is not a documentary. It's like a docu series, and it's apparently very good. Didn't they talk about how she killed Queen or Princess Diana in it? Is that something that happened? No, but they did talk you know, about she how she pulled the trigger. Okay. <laughs> that is slander, by the way. She's dead. So. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Oh my! I'm gonna bleep some of that out again. What? Too. I'm just kidding. I'm just, just kidding. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just speaking the facts. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. No. But the Crown is about like the entire royal family, and
1: it does. You delve know, in... this is going to end up in the Crown now because they're coming after me. No.
0: <laughs> it does delve into how um, great Prince start. Charles. We do have some people sitting in. We do. We I'm do. Sure, Prospective Perspect- sure DJs. By
1: the, which, this is not the five way minutes, to do it. This is
0: not the way to do it. The irreverence that I'm treating the the royalty. Anyway, I'll I'll finish this tangent after the show cuz you clearly won't let me get through it. On to the news, Davis. Yeah. First teaser trailer of D23 was for The Little Mermaid starring Halle Bailey and has been released. The live-action adaptation will release in theaters in May of 2023. Davis, what were your thoughts if you saw this trailer?
1: I saw the trailer and I saw all the back I mostly saw the backlash from it.
0: I've got that penciled in for later and for I, our yeah, yeah, I'm going to save it. I remember the backlash when it was
1: announced that she was going to play The Little Mermaid. Yeah. And I don't like Awesome. I'm glad she's playing The Little Mermaid. But my issue is I don't like Disney. So it's like. It's it's a tough balance, <laughs> isn't it? Because like I don't think the movie itself looks like looks that good. It it really. it I, I wrote but like, this down. More power to her. Yeah. Let her yeah. be The
0: Little Mermaid. Good awesome. Good for Halle, Halle okay. Bailey. She's a very talented singer based on the one clip we saw yeah. in the trailer. But the movie looks so washed out. You yep. know, it looks very bland. looks like Obi-Wan Kenobi, the show. Oh, my gosh. It, or it looks like the Lion King live-action film. Could Honestly, be. the only li- – like, what happened – Aladdin was pretty vibrant. So was Beauty and the Beast. Aladdin. Beauty and the Beast had some nice color to it. Yeah. Good for them. But well, I don't know what got lost Disney's in translation running, here.
1: Disney's running out of their color budget.
0: Not to mention the final shot where it's her singing Part of Your World or mm-hmm. whatever, and like, it How zooms they- out. It looks like she's not underwater. It looks like they just, like, did, like, the flashing light effect to make it look like there are waves above her. Like, that – Aquaman did it. Did look terrible. How are they gonna? How are they gonna do Sebastian?
1: What do you think?
0: Oh uh, CGI.
1: Oh really, Alex? I thought they had a talking lobster.
0: <laughs> they. Uh, well, then what's the question? Are Davis? they gonna have a talking lobster? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. She's a mermaid. It's not like the. It's not well, like lobsters don't have mouths, Alex. Did you ever consider that? I mean, they got little. They got
1: little. Yeah, you're not gonna be able to see it talk. They have well, mouths. You can
0: obviously. hear it, Davis. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm
1: gonna. I just. I, I have. a I have an issue with how how he's gonna be so. Emotive.
0: I think it looked bad. That's the thing. Oh, he won't be emotive. That's the problem. It's going to have the same issues as the Lion
1: King. As a kid, I thought Mr. Mosby voiced the lobster. Interesting. Who is it though? Not Mr. Mosby.
0: Yeah, I know that. What is Mr. Mosby's actor's name? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I know he got convicted of manslaughter, but he's out. (laughs) Don't worry. I can't remember his name. I'm gonna look up Samuel E. Wright. Not Ah. not Mr. Mosby. Mr. Mosby was Phil Lewis. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent name there. I just thought the trailer looked terrible. It's a win for realism, I guess, but it looked it looked really bad. Moving on to some more D23 news, because we're g- going to talk about Little Mermaid later on in the show. The final trailer for Star Wars Andor, starring Diego Luna, has been released. The series will premiere on Disney Plus on September 21st. My birthday, Davis. Isn't that so exciting? You said uh,
1: what what day? Oh, jeez.
0: September 21st, Davis. Are you even listening to me?
1: Yeah, September 21st, your birthday. Oh, thank you, Davis. That's great. What is that? What 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 is his sign? Do y'all know?
0: Virgo. I'll Th- look into that's it. it. I, I, I'm looking. Yeah, that I know. That's it. I've seen too many things. No, Libra's the next. Libra's like the next day. September twenty second is when it Ooh. turns. So I'm one day beforehand.
1: So I don't know what uh, I don't know what Virgos are. But Alex is a Virgo. So Appa- apparently, so them.
0: everybody just pause the podcast and go look it up and draw your own conclusions based on whatever <laughs> random website tells you about me. Hey. Virgos, that's we just heard. There we go. Well, our, our, our inside, inside sources in the studio.
1: Famous Virgos. Oh,
0: tangents. tangents. Oh my God, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Chad, Michael Murray, Dave Chappelle might as well be.
0: <laughs> what is that? What do you mean might? Hey, as
1: John well be? Mulaney. Hey, I like John Mulaney. Chris Pine. Chris Pine's cool. Yeah. Jack Black. I like Jack
0: Black. Leah Don't Michelle. You... Alex, how's, uh, your, how's your reading ability? I'm pretty sure it's a little better than hers. Uh, allegedly,
1: Alex. Thank you very much.
0: Oh, right, my my mistake. Allegedly Zendaya? better.
1: You're, actually, you're kind of stacked. Wow.
0: I gotta check out mine though. Oh my god. Keanu Reeves? Beyonce. Davis. Do, Elba. do do you want to Yeah, let's keep going. Let's get back to the show. So this trailer, I don't know if you saw the Andor trailer. Did you see it, Davis? I mm. know you're very Star Wars out.
1: I, I did hear that the next Star Wars movie is gonna release in twenty twenty five. I did, I Ludipus. did. Ludicrous.
0: So, this show, though, the first three episodes are getting released on September 21st. I think it looks pretty good. It's solid cast, Stellan Scarsguard, loves Stellan Scarsguard. Yeah. Pretty cool storyline. It actually makes the rebellion feel like a rebellion. Because, like, I feel like in all the other movies where they discuss rebellion, it's like, oh my gosh, the, like, we would talk about the Republic in Force Awakens and they got blown up in two seconds. Mm-hmm. And then the rebellion is like two ships by the end of The of Last Jedi. So true. I feel like this movie's actually, like, embracing what everybody liked. Because I really liked Rogue One. It felt like an actual, like, war movie that was just a Star Wars movie. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. of that. I'm really excited. Well, I think did you also Diego Luna is very Rogue strong. Rogue
1: Squadron was removed from the lineup.
0: Really? I thought I thought it got pushed, just pushed. Or something back.
1: like the the release date, which I thought wasn't that a video game.
0: No, that was oh. Squadron. Oh, just Star Wars Squadrons. Okay, interesting. Well, that that's a tough one for them. I know it was supposed to be a Patty Jenkins led TV show. I don't know in what in any details on other than just you know pilots, but I guess that's cool. I imagine they're flying X wings. A new trailer for Willow starring Warwick Davis, Christian Slater, and more. The Lucasfilm series premieres on Disney Plus this November. And it's actually a sequel to the movie Willow from the 1980s that I don't really remember anything about that. But apparently it has a big cult following. The synopsis reads, an unlikely group of heroes sets off on a dangerous quest to places far beyond their home where they must face their inner demons and come together to save their world. Val Kilman was in it. I love Warwick Davis, though. He's pretty cool.
1: He he played the Ewok.
0: Some of them? Yeah. Oh, interesting. He was also in Harry Potter. Uh, th- Those will remember him from that. I think it looks really promising. I mean, it's not really my kind of show, but it makes a lot of sense. I-, I see that a lot of fans are really excited about its return. Again, not my style of show or movie either, but a win for fans out there that wanted their movie to get a continuation. So that's pretty exciting. And Warwick Davis is very excited about it. He's tweeted a lot about it and spoken about it at detail. Good for him. Speaking of more Star Wars, the first trailer for season three of The Mandalorian released. It premieres on Disney Plus in 2023. Looks promising as always, Davis. I know your Star Wars out, but The Mandalorian's a good show. Maybe I'll watch it. Maybe you'll watch it. I'm a little beefed with uh got, got a little beef with the retcon they did in the Book of Boba Fett. Spoiler for those who not did not see it. The end of the Mandalorian season two ends with Baby Yoda being taken away by Luke Skywalker same as versus Grogu, training. Whatever, Alex. same thing. Baby Yoda, Grogu, same thing. Gets taken away to be with uh Luke Skywalker and get trained and all that nonsense. And then the Book of Boba Fett, they basically retcon it in like a day. Like Mandalorian goes back there and he's like, when they're riding all those dirt bikes or whatever. Yeah, um, the Power Rangers terrible. Uh, he goes back and they, he goes back and he's like, hey, I kind of want the kid back. And then Luke's like, you know what? Yeah. And then it's just it's like very now because obviously they know Baby Yoda's is gonna sell merch in season three, but they're going back to Mandalore, which seems cool. The problem is Bo Katan should be like seventy in the lore by now, and she's still like forty. So I don't really know how that all works, because she was like. Tw- 30 in the Clone Wars, and it's been the entire original trilogy plus change, and she looks the exact same. Yeah. I'm not really convinced about that, but, you know, it's Star Wars. I guess there anything's possible. Mon Mothma's still in the Andor trilogy. You're just uh, saying names now. You're not, making you, you, know, names. You, you know who she is. She was in the original trilogy, and then she showed up again. The it was awesome. is she? Look, look her up. Oh, my goodness. She was like a senator or whatever, and she was the one that led... That made, like, the big speech oh, in Return yeah, of the Jedi, yeah, and yeah. she's, like, ageless. It makes no sense how she looks the exact same, even though it's, like, 40 years. So, maybe anything's possible in Star Wars world. But I guess you're not going to watch The Mandalorian, no, Davis. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, not a fan of that. Okay, fair enough. Sorry. I'm the 1st going to watch it. Fair enough. The first trailer for Marvel's Werewolf by Night, starring Gail Garcia Bernal and Laura Donnelly, released. The Halloween special will be hitting Disney Plus on October 7th. Davis, this trailer. I think you should watch this. I one. I saw this trailer. It looked. What'd you think? I mean, I thought it looked cool, but it is from Disney, so I'm skeptical. Just Im- immediate, I'm, I'm, immediate red flag. Anytime Disney I, puts their name on, I'm anything. sure.
1: I'm sure our guests in here are appalled to hear how much I hate Disney.
0: Oh yeah! Yeah! there Hell we go. Yeah.
1: Davis, was, I can say that.
0: You know what? But it's really funny when I bleep it out later. So I think I'm gonna. I think write I said the f word? <gasps> should I say it? No, you can bleep da- this no, out too. F- da- I'm
1: just da- Davis. Y'all, yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all don't say all that. Y'all yeah. can't do that. Y'all, I guess y'all no, don't do
0: that because y'all are going live. Davis, once again, setting bad examples for new DJs. <laughs> There's another day at the Weagle offices here at WGL 91.1 FM. That's what I'm here for. It looked good, though. I mean, if all black and white. It looks really creative. But they're
1: not shooting it on film. They're they're after the fact turning it black and okay, white.
0: Okay, well, I mean. Which I'm just saying, like, it would look
1: better if you did it on film. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. But it, it's it, it's all right. Disney, I, I'm, I'm once again, cutting corners.
0: Yeah. Uh, you yeah. you, think,
1: you think they were strapped for cash the way they cut corners in these shows. <laughs>
0: that's a very good point. That is a very, very, very good. All, point. all
1: their money is going to keep uh, Walt Disney's head refrigerated and alive. <laughs> oh my god, that's why. I, oh, I'm, they're going to come after me for that one.
0: You're committing a lot of slander on this episode. That was.
1: Uh, that's not slander. I'm not.
0: I didn't. I didn't slander anybody there. You okay? Whatever, Davis. I thought it looked good though. I think it looks creative. It's about two comic book characters that I don't know a lot about, but a lot of fans seem very excited. I'll. I'll. Wait to see what happens when it premieres and see how it goes from there. But also, more Disney news because Disney owns everything. The first trailer for Percy Jackson and the Olympians has been released. It does not show a lot, but even now, now that it's centering around 12-year-olds versus 16-year-olds, it still looks more serious than the movies, which I think is a win.
1: I think I I might actually watch this because I really like the books and uh, I liked the first movie. So I've never kid. read
0: the books, Davis. Well, what do you feel about the fact that Annabeth is played by a black actress? Because that is a super, super controversial, I put in quotes, I'm very quotes, sarcastic because it's not controversial. It's awesome. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, it's awesome. who cares? I agree. But there are some fans out there that are very upset about it even though the author of the books is involved in the show and has given her, like, the stamp of approval. Yeah. even said she was great in the uh, auditions and whatnot. Yeah. Cast cool. the person who's the best player, per, actor or actress to play the role. Like, that's... Come on, that ain't that hard, y'all. Plus, it is for some people. I have heard, apparently, that the beef is that um, Annabeth's blonde hair is, like, central to her character because mm, I don't... In, in the books... People assume that since she's blonde, that she's dumb, and therefore she has to fight against that. But how- Alexandra Daddario wasn't blonde in the. In she the was first not. Movie. That, apparently that that was controversial then too. But yeah, appar- was apparently. It? Was
1: that was it? Do y'all know if that was controversial?
0: I heard that it was. Yeah, I mean it was a long time. I, I wasn't ago. really tapped into the <laughs> to Twitter then. No, not many people were. But yeah, I, all I gotta say is, respectfully to the people that think her lacking in blonde hair means she won't have to fight against the odds, have people heard of like systemic racism? I'm just saying. Like, boom. Like, it's not like that entire character arc is thrown away because she doesn't have blonde hair. There's ways to stack the deck against a character and have them face the odds. For example, but, you know, I guess uh, in the belief of the people that are critical of this change, they may not believe in that topic, but we won't get into all that nonsense right now, will we? We won't get into all that nonsense. I'm going to leave it at that for now. (laughs) And before, before we give Disney too much praise for that possible show, Davis, did you know that Barry yes, Jenkins' *Mufasa: The Lion yeah. King*. Yeah. It is a prequel to the live-action *Lion King*, to be done in the same style. I hate the world, Davis. And when I was saying Disney's going to keep doing this, you laughed at me. I, you know, you I laughed because I hoped you were wrong. Mm. But who well, was right? The *Lion King*, live-action *Lion King*, might have been one of the worst experiences of my of my adult life. Beyonce was in that. it, though. That's true. That's true. And she was as flat as every other character in that in that film. But she we, got her check respect. Respect respectfully, I think the Lion King live action is a great study in why voice actors or voice actors and regular actors aren't only in animated movies. Like even Donald Glover sounded flat. The whole the whole cast didn't, did not other than James Earl Jones, but that's cuz he's that he's the dude. Yeah. We all know we all knew what he was bringing to the table, but every and I guess uh Chiwetel Ejiofor sounded pretty good too, but that's cuz he's awesome. But everybody else just the cast sounded so bad. But I guess the problem is, if it's Young Mufasa, they're not going to do James Earl Jones, because theoretically his voice would get deeper as he gets older, and it would be weird if twenty-year-old Mufasa sounds like James Earl Jones. Well, I guess twenty-year-old line—I Ly- don't know what I'm saying here—but the point is, I'm very, very upset that this movie's being made. I'm sure you- you've already checked out. You moved on, Dave. Yeah, I don't,
1: I don't, I don't consume any Disney if I don't have to. Same same way I don't buy anything from Amazon if I can avoid it. Hmm, interesting. Think about
0: that. Well, I had to buy everything ever all at once on Amazon, so sorry about it. Boom.
1: I think I also did, but uh, yeah, yeah. so
0: we had to watch it though. We I had think I've ordered it. one thing from Amazon
1: ah. my whole life, me personally. That seems unlikely. But I mean, not counting like renting movies. So okay, guess- yeah,
0: the renting the renting movies thing. We we have to do it for our listeners, Davis. We we make such oh, a yeah, sacrifice. Oh yeah, I always rent my movies. Hey, I- we talked about this, Davis. Just go sign over. There? <laughs> I got I got, to, I got to type something real quick. You know, Davis. Speaking on Disney cutting corners. Kevin Feige has addressed his decision not to use Gore's comic-accurate design in Thor Love and Thunder, and I'm sure you're going to love this, Davis. Mm. Did you see this when it was no, tweeted? I'm about to see it, yeah. Well, here's the full quote. I'll read this, and then you all can think what you will, and then we'll start talking about it. Quote, Gore the God Butcher has an awesome look in the comics. We wanted to tap into that, but we, had we done exactly that translation, we would have lost all of Christian Bale. So we made the decision early on that we didn't want him to be a motion capture character. There are incredible ways of doing that, but with this particular actor and this particular character, Taika really believed rightfully so that we could achieve that with makeup. Come on now.
1: Let's just go ahead and move on to that.
0: No, we we got to stay on this we one for a second. We got to talk about JFK. Day. We do and we got time, but we got to stay on this one because first and foremost, I think for those who don't know Gore the God Butcher, I wasn't familiar with his character. He has this really elaborate, like tentacle, almost v- Voldemort-like facial. He structure looks like as well. he looks
1: like like that guy in Id Game
0: that Tony oh, short called yes, Squidward. yes, the remember? guy. That, yes, he does look like. That's a fair comparison. And it's this very elaborate design that a lot of his the fans of Gore were very excited to see it. And instead, we got Christian Bale with some makeup. Davis, you saw the movie, no, <laughs> but don't remind me. I like, would it's... like to point out, as someone did so brilliantly on Twitter, that motion capture does not lose the essence of the actor if you have a good actor. Davy Jones was done 16 Circus, years ago. Years ago. Uh, Andy ago. Andy Serkis as Caesar. Yes, exactly. Not to mention
1: all the Naughty Dog games that use motion capture Not to, do to mention games. three years really
0: ago, Josh Brolin as Thanos was actually pretty good. That's true. Not to mention Gollum by Andy Serkis. Again, Again, Andy Serkis is that dude in motion capture. We know these things. He's got an Oscar for that. Just I really, I really believe Christian Bale can emote in motion capture. He's Christian Bale. like. Yeah. like I agree. The dude's not a bad actor. This is just laziness, because it is a lot of work to do motion capture right. It is. Like, I've watched the documentaries on the Pirates of the Caribbean films. I mean, they spent days, weeks on the Davy Jones look, just creating his tentacles to move by themselves already, and then eventually animating the Great whole movie. thing. And it looks awesome. It's the best CGI that we've seen. We've talked about that at length. Good episode. Good episode. Check
1: that one out. What's a good episode?
0: We had a lot of fun with that one. Jack was on the show, as he was on many. He won't be on today, unfortunately. So sad. <laughs> he thought we were recording tomorrow. That's so very he's disappointing. Gonna come, he's going to come on and he's going to walk into the studio and there's going to be nobody I'll, here. I'll
1: read what he was going to say.
0: Oh, okay. You'll re- you'll read when we get I'll to the find,
1: movie. I'll find it.
0: Okay, excellent. Well, Davis, so we got some more trailer news after we move on to that sad MCU statement. My goodness, First trailer
1: we touch for each other a lot. There's a lot. Of- yeah, I know
0: you do. First trailer for Steven Spielberg's next movie, what The Men's, stars Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, and. Gabriel LaBelle, in theaters this Thanksgiving. The first reviews for the Fablemans are in, and it would appear that Steven Spielberg is back at it. I watched the trailer. It looked pretty good, got a pretty good cast, but Spielberg's been kind of hit or miss lately. You know, I, I like the BFG was like his last project, and that was kind of weird. I didn't really see it. What, Davis? I just I saw something funny. Oh, okay, I'm sure you did. It's a picture of George eating
1: the Sunday. And they go, hey, buddy, you ever heard of a new invention called a napkin? Play the, play the button. Oh, sorry. I, I got. I gotta play the button. Um, no, 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 no. Y'all can't hear, it, but he just played the no George Costanza button. So.
0: Yeah. What can I say? I try. I try, I try my best. I don't know. This movie. It looks all right, but I. I I'll. I'll wait till I see more. Because Spielberg. Been a little hit or miss, but coming out Thanksgiving. No real competition there until the Avatar film in December. We're very excited for that one. Also, Davis. According to Variety, Maya Hawk says that she is down to come back for a Stranger Things spinoff, but only if it's with Joe Keery. Hawke says this, quote, normally I wouldn't really be a proponent of a spinoff, but if I got to do it with Joe Keery, I would do anything. Also, apparently Sean Levy made a bunch of jokes about working on expanding the Stranger Things universe to the STCU. He said he was talking with uh, Kevin Feige about it and he's got big plans. I think he was joking. I hope he was joking. Davis, do you think he was joking?
1: I don't know anymore with,
0: with Hollywood. I don't know. However, Netflix is stopping the streaming model, and they're looking to go more to weekly releases.
1: I also said TV was just going to come back, and you
0: also didn't believe me. It's just TV Plus. I, what you I want to pay. do is once we get the weekly releases, and I g- want people to put the Direct TV price model, and then all the streaming services you have to get to basically equal what Direct TV has, which Direct TV pretty much has everything. By the way, like it does. You have to record stuff to. You know, you can't just watch it on demand, but... The trick is you just moosh off of Alex's logins. That's like true. Just- Davis has most of my logins at this point. I'm not proud of that. Or you
1: have alternative methods. Like, well,
0: you know, just going out and see it in theaters. And, yeah. and uh, you know, just going some sailing on the high seas. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, true. that's exactly right. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, sorry. Uh, moving on, Davis. Come about...
1: Like in the high seas, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you can bleep that out. They won't know what I'm talking about. We're
0: we're, we're gonna we're, <laughs> we're gonna talk about bleep. Talking about
1: uh...
0: what do they? They don't think it's something illicit. <gasps> well, that we'll I just leave that up illicit. to the imagination. It's illegal to
1: upload it, not to stream it. Do you know that? What is? Wait, it's illegal to. You can. You won't get arrested for streaming things. Okay, we're cutting all this out, Davis. Even, fine, we're, man. Fine. Davis, what?
0: Next year you're going to be like, all right, it's not illegal if you do I'm this not, drug. I'm like, you just tellin- can't sell No, it. I am
1: literally telling you right now that <laughs> it is not illegal to stream things. I figured not, Davis. It's If you upload that pirated movie, that's how they'll get you. Interesting. So, but your 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 company, like your internet company, will throttle you.
0: True, and you out. and you are opening up your computer to a host of random viruses. That's why. You, that's
1: why you do it on your Fire TV.
0: I hear Tim from Russia wants to send you a message. Apparently, so.
1: Look, man. Look.
0: What's what's our next bit of news? What's our next bit of news? It's another trailer, Davis. A oh trailer my God. for God. Uh, why don't you handle this one? <laughs> that
1: Inter, well, intergalactic. <laughs> yeah, go it's ahead. It's with Kate Cuddy. It looks like it's kind of animated. Like, um, I'm gonna do the rest of the news now. Well, um, intergalactic. Kid Cuddy, Timothy Chalamet, Laura Harrier, uh, Jaden Smith, Vanessa Hudgens, and more. is going to hit Netflix on September 30th. It's about Jabari, a charming street streetwear-clad artist on the cusp of real success. After a chance run-in with his cool new photographer neighbor, Meadow, Jabari has to figure out whether he can make space for love in his life. I imagine they're going to fall in love. It's animated like Spider-Verse. and actually The animation looked cool. It might be good. Uh, it's coming out on S- September
0: 30th. Why'd you take the news, Davis? Are you? Am I going too I, slow? I want to talk about JFK, man. All right, I'm getting there. A live-action sequel series to Blade Runner 2049 is in development at Amazon. Ooh, who cares? Ridley Scott will executive produce, and Silka Luisa will serve as the showrunner. Um, interesting. Amazon apparently sank all their hopes and dreams onto the Lord of the Rings show, so if that fails, this probably won't end up happening. But we'll see how that goes. Also, Davis, now this trailer, I know we're both excited about this one. The first trailer for Damien Chazelle's Babylon, starring Diego Calva, Margot Robbie, and Brad Pitt, has been released. It also stars Tobey Maguire, Samara Weaving, Flea, Spike Jones, Gene Smart, Olivia Wilde. Uh-oh. You think the rest of the Jackass crew is going to show up? <laughs> I hope so. That'd be, that'd be pretty, awesome. That'd be pretty hey, cool. Hey, I'm Johnny
1: Knoxville, and this is Babylon.
0: And he jumps <laughs> off a building.
1: That'd be awesome. I would go see that in theaters. I'm going to see it in theaters anyway. Though.
0: Lucas Haas, Catherine Watterson, and more of the film hits. Limited theaters this Christmas and goes wide in January. Again, the synopsis reads, set in Hollywood during the transition from silent films to talkies, focusing on a mixture of historical and fictional characters. You know why they're called movies, Alex? Why? Because they, they move.
1: I'm like, I'm I'm
0: not even being facetious right now. That is why they're called I movies. know, and they were called talkies because that's what happened ap- started after talking, the post-silent yeah. film era, exactly. There go.
1: I'm just saying, anything- I, I want to be in that movie theater where that train went to, towards them and they ran out because they thought it was going <laughs> to hit them. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. God! Oh my God! <laughs> it's coming towards us! <laughs> I'd pay so much money to be in there. I agree. If I, could, if I could have a ticket to go back in time, I'd go to JFK Assassination, <laughs> and I would go- I just want to see what happened. I'm not going to change anything. I'd go to that first Davis wants with a to train. be one of the
0: guys that saw the grassy you know. Yeah,
1: triangulated into the death
0: box. If I could go back in time, I'd like to go back to see two films that were released in the 70s. One, The Exorcist. You could go anywhere in history and you go to watch a movie. It, no, in if a we're theater? doing movies, movies. You just mentioned a movie. I'll say a movie. No, I'd go to. What movie did I mention? You said The Train. So, you say you want to see
1: the extras in theaters, but you could go, okay, okay, whatever. Okay, if we're no, doing no, 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 movies. No 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 no, 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 no. It's not, no.
0: Or Jaws, when they started throwing up in the aisle, that was pretty funny. I don't believe that. that- Steven Spielberg said it happened, so it must well, have. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Okay, you know what? This movie's going to be pretty cool. Anything Damien Ch- Chazelle touches turns into gold, obviously. La, La Land whiplash episode coming up later this year. Very excited for that one. In an interview with Extra TV, Charlie Cox confirmed that the new Disney Plus show Daredevil Born Again will be a reboot, not a continuation. He said, quote, it is a season one. It is not season four. It is a whole new thing. Davis, you haven't watched Daredevil. But you should. Maybe I will. Good. I'm excited about this. He's awesome in the show. I hope they keep the core of the character around especially entire episodes that were not even about superheroing, which just moral debates and whatnot. But I'm really excited to see where this show goes. I'm going to skip that A24 news, because I don't really know anything about that movie. It's Was a prequel, for It's a prequel to X that came out Okay, last I, year. I haven't seen X either. So, yeah, well, that's – there you go. Fair enough. Well, that trailer released First trailer apparently. for The Redeem Team release. I'm getting there, Davis. The doc- and according to Variety – Are you serious? Charlie says,
1: The Stranger Thing Cinematic Universe is coming. Boom. That's the news.
0: And lastly, Jacob Elordi, the guy from oh, he's gonna play uh, Elvis. Kissing Booth – He's gonna play Elvis and Sofia Coppola's upcoming Priscilla Presley biopic. Austin Butler was right there. I bet Austin Butler was right there. He gave the best performance of his life, and now this guy from the Kissing Booth—he's supposed to be good, man.
1: What you hate? Have you seen the
0: Kissing Booth? I I have. I have
1: no comment. Because my
0: little brother liked watching them. I'm pretty sure it was because he was trying to chat up with a girl. But that's that's a whole other debate for another lifetime. Okay. Okay. For for I'll good for him. But yeah, are you excited about the Redeem Team Doc? Netflix has been going hard with the documentaries lately. I might watch it. It's pretty interesting, just like the whole yeah. it was, you know, because USA had never lost with NBA players. true. And then we not even close, and they did, and it was like, well, what do we do now? And then Coach K came in and basically changed the whole model. But Davis, you rushed through that news because you were clearly so excited for the first we going. I want to talk about some
1: conspiracies.
0: That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to move on to JFK. Josie, that short news segment was for you. We want you to know that. Only. Only 30 minutes at oh, time. Uh Well, maybe less. Maybe less. But JFK, this film, it's got probably the most insane cast in crew I've did ever you, seen. Did you know that all these people were in it? No. <laughs> they just kept showing up. So I'm going to read through it. We're going to rapid fire it right now. And... I, I hope you'll bear with me for this one. Kevin Costner is Jim Garrison. Kevin Bacon is Willie O'Keefe. Tommy Lee Jones is Clay Shaw slash Clay Bertram. Laurie Metcalf as Susie Cox. Gary Oldman as Lee Harvey Oswald. Michael Rooker as Bill Broussard. J.O. Sanders as Lou Ivon. Sissy Spassick as Liz Garrison. Joe Pesci is David Ferry. Beta Pozniak as Marina Oswald Porter. Jack Lemon is Jack Martin. Walter Matt. Math- Mathau as Math Senator Al, yeah. Russell B. Long. Donald Sutherland as Mr. X. Ed Asner as Guy Bannister. Brian Doyle-Murray as Jack Ruby. John Candy. What a surprise yeah. when he showed <laughs> up. I was so excited. John Candy as Dean Andrews Jr. Sally Kirkland as Rose Cheremy. Wayne Knight. Newman. As Numa. Numa! <gasps> Numa Bertel, Pruitt Taylor, Vince as Lee Bowers, Tony Plana as Carlos Bringer, Vincent D'Onofrio as Bill Newman, Dale Dye as General Y, Bob Gunton as news anchor, Frank Whaley as imposter Oswald, Jim Garrison as Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, Earl Warren. It's directed by Oliver Stone, and what a career this man has had. Oliver Stone might be the most uneven director and writer I've ever seen in the history of, well, ever. He won an Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay for writing Midnight Express, and then wrote Scarface. He also achieved prominence as a writer and director for the War Drama Platoon, which won the Academy Awards for Best Director and Best Picture. But he also did Born on the Fourth of July, Heaven and Earth, Salvador, Wall Street, and its sequel, Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. That's the Shia LaBeouf (laughs) Michael Douglas movie, ladies and gentlemen, if you remember those weird trailers from then. The Jim Morrison biographical film, The Doors, and The Natural Born Killers. And the trilogy of films based on the American presidency, JFK, Nixon, W, and finally Snowden. And W with Josh Rowland as George W. Which was a bad movie, by the way. A really, like, like, watching that compared to Vice, like, literally... In that movie, Dick Cheney's character, or Dick Cheney, who was played by uh, Richard Davis, has like a keynote presentation on guys. Look how much oil is in the Middle East. Awesome. And it's like it's so yeah, like actually happened in some capacity, yes. But he wouldn't just like be like, guys, I had a PowerPoint this week. Guess what? And it's like just like a bunch of like emojis onto like the map of the Middle East. It's <laughs> terrible. The movie is no laughably way. bad. He's got the laughing emoji because not so not 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 emojis. You know what I meant. Uh, anyway, you know, written by I, Stone and Zachary Sklar, based on, and we mean loosely, loosely based on, Davis. Two books, On the Trail of Assassins by Jim Garrison and Crossfire, The Plot That Killed Kennedy by Jim Mars. Robert Richardson was the cinematographer and music from John Williams. I was surprised by that. But, Davis, this film, let's just break down some thoughts here before I get into some fun facts and buy the numbers. I mean, it's, ladies and gentlemen, we can't stress this enough. Do not be deceived, even though it says JFK. JFK is in this movie as a corpse for most of the time. It's true. You don't really see the guy. The whole scene, his body was uncomfortable, by the way. No, that was weird. It was obviously just a dummy. Well, yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. But this movie, it is about the conspiracy to kill JFK, I say Mm -hmm. in quotes, sought out by Jim Garrison, a DA of New Orleans Parish in 1966, three years after JFK was shot and killed. Presumably by Lee Harvey Oswald in Dallas, Texas on November 22nd. So it follows essentially him unraveling the case and the real life story of Jim Garrison, loosely real life story. Oh, because this actually happened. This is not some fictitious creation of a man who looked into it, you know, this is an actual guy who went in and prosecuted crazy. someone. Yeah, went crazy. No, okay, Dave. Let's let, let's pause our justification till the end because there's there's a lot to weigh here. It's a little kooky. I agree, but we'll pause till It's till- the only trial
1: to come out of the JFK assassination
0: it is. as well. It is because and again, he, Lee Harvey Oswald did not, not get a trial because he was shot and killed by Jack Ruby mere days afterwards, which is still suspect, by the way. We're going to talk about that. There's there because to be honest. I'm just going to lay it on the line here. Davis and I are not conspiracy theorists by any stretch of the imagination. Not even in the slightest. Oh, I am. So much. Oh, Lord have mercy. You know what I mean. But, like, the JFK assassination is very weird. If you read into it, there's a lot of weird details here and there. How the heck, why Jack Ruby killed Oswald anyway is weird.
1: I think the fact that they changed the route... Before, and then they were like, we don't need to survey any of those buildings or have any guys in the
0: route. Was weird, the The amount of security there was weird. I also
1: think the CIA killed MLK, Malcolm X, and Bobby Kennedy, and they destabilized like every single country in South America. So, I think they definitely could have done something. That's
0: the thing is, you know, every time you think about, oh, well, they didn't do this or that, there's always a story, there's always a story like about how, I mean, guys, like. Nobody really reacted because it was so, you know, like we were so desensitized to it. But like the entire Iraq war ended up being for nothing. They went in for nuclear weapons and there was nothing there. And are we like the fact is you don't want to be a conspiracy theorist about everything that goes on in the U.S. government. But they don't do a great job of making us believe in them sometimes. You know what I mean? Like like I didn't know, for, for example, I didn't know that in Vietnam there was an operation where the U.S. Army uh, injected a chemical into the air that caused the monsoon season to last longer, which implies that the government has a means to control weather patterns, which is suspect as heck, by the way. I'm not, again, I'm not passing any conclusions. I haven't read so in-depth on that. I I read a couple stories about that because I saw somebody tweet about it, and I'm like, I got to see this. What happened here? Apparently that was a thing. Uh, Let me see if I can pull up the name of that, actually. Or Um. Operation Northwood, you heard of that?
1: Uh, what's that one? That's the one where the they proposed to JFK that they should start committing terrorism in, like, Miami and killing Americans and, like, sinking Cuban boats so they could go to war with Cuba. And he was like, oh, I won't do that. I will not. And then they killed him. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. He He got killed by Lee Harvey Oswald. As Chief Justice Earl Warren said.
0: Okay, so Operation Sober Popeye is the name of it. What a silly name. Project Controlled Weather Popeye Motor Pool Intermediary Compatriot was a military cloud-seeding project carried out by the U.S. Air Force during the Vietnam War. The highly classified program attempted to extend the monsoon season over specific areas of the Ho Chi Minh Trail in order to disrupt... Former Secretary of Defense Robert S. McNamara was aware that there might be objections raised by the international scientific community, but said in a memo to the president that such objections had not in the past been a basis for prevention of military activities considered to be in the interest of U.S. national security. Um, Oh, sponsored by your boy, Henry Kissinger. (laughs) Mm, Not my boy. It was a joke. It was a joke. He's the next pack watch. Did it, it like, ever work? Um, There's a lot
1: of things they tried that never worked. Did you know they had a plan? (laughs) This one's... Chemical warfare that would turn the opposing soldiers gay—you ever heard of that one? That's a real thing. Oh lord. Where the idea was that they'd be. <laughs> Do we really want to get into it? I'm just it was... saying they—they've done some crazy things. They, like
0: that's the thing is the U- The U.S. government the crazy is not, ideas has not, for lack of a better word, given us a lot of reason to have confidence. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That like there's there's they feed into the conspiracy by doing crazy stuff that makes you go, hmm. I wonder. They go, like. Yeah, craziness. Anyway, so this movie delves into that. But first, let's go. To the, it was a Christmas movie, Davis, released on December 20th, 1991. Imagine taking the family to, cri- to your Christmas movie of the, of the of the year. That's what they did in Seinfeld. Did they? There's that-
1: the, they reference it in Seinfeld. They do reference they did, it a they lot. They not go see it in Seinfeld, but they reference it. It was
0: distributed by the great uh, Paragon of Stability, Warner Brothers. Shout out to them. The original cut was an absurd three hours and eight minutes, but the director's cut was 17 minutes longer at three hours and 25 minutes. And on a budget of $40 million, the film made a solid $205.4 million at the global box office. There wasn't much to do back then. <laughs> there was not, apparently. But Davis, we've got some controversy. Garrison's estate subsequently sued Warner Brothers for a share of the film's profits, alleging fraud perpetrated through a bookkeeping practice known as Hollywood Accounting. The lawsuit contended that JFK made in excess of $150 million worldwide, but the studio claimed that under its net profits accounting formula, the film earned no money and that Garrison's estate did not receive any more... Any of the more than one million net profits income he was due, because mm. the film did require fifteen million dollars in marketing, and Oliver Stone actually had to constantly be in the press defending the movie because the first draft of the script was leaked, and the press was very against this. New York Times posted so many hit piece articles, basically tearing it to pieces even before it came out, and then further afterwards, there was a lot of controversy, as you can imagine, surrounding this crazy, crazy movie. Davis, I gotta, I gotta go real quick. What? So, Davis, we're back. Uh, Davis had to take a little br- little break. Uh, we think our, we little think our guests for joining. They, they seem to, uh, to be enjoying the show. And I do want to confirm for everybody, the Operation Popeye thing, yeah, there's an article from the New York Times dated in 1972 discussing it. So, yeah, this is a real thing, craziness. So, this movie, Davis. Imagine
1: you just, like, introduce the moisture to the air. Like, the you know, like, because rain starts because, like, the heat. Like, that's how, like, the difference between heat and the air, or, like, the cold air. Yeah. I bet it's something like that. I don't yeah, know.
0: I, I, think so, I think so, but still just a crazy concept crazy, either yes. way. Because like, that's like the thing that you know you see in a movie and you're like, oh, they can't control the weather. Uh, uh, at least rain-wise, maybe. Who knows, right? So this movie, Davis, we got a lot to talk about with what we think about Stone's own attempts at portraying real events, in quotes. But this movie, I think as a movie, it's pretty solid, personally. I, and a lot of consensus agreed. Davis, you know, let's go through some accolades right now. I know you you were going to say something. Why don't you go ahead? No, say your thing. So accolades-wise, it was nominated for eight Oscars at the 1992 Academy Awards. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Tommy Lee Jones received that nomination. He received a lot of Supporting Role nominees in the 90s. Best Screenplay Based on Material Previously Produced or Published. That's clearly just adapted screenplay now. Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, Best Original Score, and Best Sound. It won for Cinematography and Film Editing. And then four Golden Globe nominations. Best Director, Best Motion Picture Drama, Best Action, Motion Picture Drama, or Best Actor, Motion Picture Drama. That was Kevin Costner who got that nomination. And Best Screenplay from Stone and Sklar. So this film, I think, as a film, it has a lot of strong points. But we'll get into the issues here. Here's an example. Stone, when he won Best Director in his acceptance speech, said this, Davis, and I quote, A terrible lie was told to us 28 years ago. I hope that this film can be the first step in writing that wrong.
1: So this movie, like, it's not that it's not interesting. Like, but when you know that all of it is just, like, not true, it makes it not that enjoyable to watch. I agree. Like and, I imagine watching that and then like 1991, because they don't have the internet. There's really no way to
0: access without all without going to read the Warren Report directly. Well,
1: and the Warren Report is like notoriously kind of not, like I'm not gonna say shoddy, but like they did do another, like they did like the uh, the House the House uh, yes, thing exactly on right. assassinations, and they were like, hey, there could have been more than one shooter.
0: The, yeah, because they because they analyzed audio. They did
1: they 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 did the JFK Mark, Martin Luther King. And I think there might have been another assassination they looked into. I wonder which one. And they said Martin Luther King. There could have been a con- there. There was more than likely a conspiracy, and the CIA might have been involved or something. Was wow. the ending determination? Yeah, so I'll look into. I, that. I,
0: I saw this as well, Davis. And they they listened. They analyzed audio and determined that it that it sounded like there were four shots instead of three.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then again, one plot point that this movie hinges on, right, is so yeah, it was the. Actually, so this this film also inspired the Assassination Records Review Board, which we'll get into that as well, Davis, down the line, because I look forward to talking about that. But let's talk about as a movie, first and foremost. As a movie, it is very interesting. It's very captivating. I think the way that it tells the story is incredibly unique. Let's talk about first and foremost. This cast is brilliant. I mean, it is the, the who's who of the 1980s and 90s films. Costner. Kevin Bacon, Donald Sutherland, a great cast of lawyers, John Candy, who is... That man just dripped charisma in every movie he was in. I don't know what... John Candy had some kind of energy about him that was just so incredibly... I don't know what the word is, you know, but it's just so... I don't, I don't even know. But it's so such a brilliant, brilliant performance from so many people involved in this film. David it sounds like you're still looking into it. I am, but I can still talk. All right. So, I just think, again... Let's t- let's clarify the film is very loosely based on the story of Jim Garrison. The movie itself is really solid for the first 2 hours. One thing I thought the dialogue was really good. Like I you know most movies that we've watched nowadays, Davis, there's always one or two lines that I'm just like, "Okay, come on now. That's a little ridiculous." But I thought that the dialogue was really strong the whole way through. The screenplay is really really good. I'm surprised it didn't win the Oscar just because of how, t- how how top-notch it is. What do you think about that, Davis? Uh
1: I'd agree. It is it is it- I'll say well written dialogue wise. Yeah. It's interesting. It's compel. it's interesting. It like you want to watch what's happening, but like I just can't get over the fact that it's just like all lies.
0: Exactly. And we'll I'm sh- not even
1: gonna say it's lies. We'll Maybe he really believed that. But we'll still. get into that. We we will absolutely. Actually, get no, into it is that. lies because he made up half the stuff in it. The true Mr. Ex- X. Was a real person, but then like all the stuff he's saying was just not true.
0: And, and not to mention, Garrison did not mean So let's let's talk about this. Let's let's give you a rundown of the story so you guys can have an idea who we're referring to. Because we're going to jump around here. We're going to talk about a lot of events. So it starts with the assassination. It starts without eight minutes of like clip footage, basically giving you a rundown on JFK's political positions, the Bay of Pigs, and then his up to his assassination. And then it cuts to Jim Jim Garrison. Excuse me. Who was told that JFK's been shot. And oh my gosh, Davis, that first line delivery, he's like, oh no, terrible. Costner's accent is really bad, admittedly, at points. Yeah. I think it's bad at certain points. It's it's still solid, but it, there's times where I'm for like... for some reason I'm like a sucker for
1: scenes where like they're reacting to a historical event. I really like those like as am I. I just
0: didn't like this scene. I liked the well t- like when, when, like, when Walter Cronkite
1: TV. came on TV and yes. he was like the president is dead and
0: I was like oh my god like, that was great I, that, like, that was great yeah it was a good scene. that was good I I agree and especially like flashing the reaction to people on the TV versus people in the bar versus this might also interviews. sound weird I like.
1: I don't like. I find it interesting to watch like old news reports about big events like that. Like I've watched like the Bobby Kennedy announcement. Plus Cron- Cronkite really was one of the yeah, best. Yeah, Cronkite's awesome.
0: Cronkite's next le- next level. He is like when people talk about like any news anchor now talks about who they are inspired by, it goes Cronkite. back to Cronkite. He's he's I mean, yeah, that He dude.
1: is the news
0: anchor. Like exactly. he, he reported everything. Exactly. And he and his his Kennedy announcement is considered some of the best reporting and news anchoring in recent history for that matter. So this movie, it starts with there and then Garrison and then bringing in a guy named David Ferry because according to a source, David Ferry drove to Dallas or drove to Texas that weekend, the same weekend of the assassination. And they bring in Ferry and his story is very shoddy. None of it makes any sense. So they send Ferry to the FBI. And the FBI is like, after an intense background check and questioning, we find nothing wrong with David Ferry and his story. And then they emphasize that the DA of New Orleans brought him in, not the FBI. The FBI did not do it. Blah, blah, blah. They skip forward to 1966, and Garrison is on a plane with a senator. I believe it was Senator Russell B. Long, and Russell B. Long tells Garrison, now this actually happened according to Garrison, tells Garrison there's no way it could have happened. Basically, Long tells Garrison there's no way they could have got that shot off. The movie goes into a bit more detail, talks about the government testing three sharpshooters, and none of them can do that. I don't know if that happened. I feel like that. I'll look into that. Okay, a lot of looking into during during the show here. I don't know if that happened, but Long tells Garrison, at least according to Garrison, in the real world, that there's no way that could have been done. So then Garrison, in the movie, goes back and starts reading into the Warren report and just finds a lot. Or the Warren Commission's reports called the Warren report, I think, yeah. and just finds a lot of irregularities, a lot of strange lack of any information on Oswald's interrogation, any written notes on that, a lot of notes just not being included at all. A lot of questionable witness statements that were not taken further by the by the Warren Commission. And then he dives right into it and starts investigating the story. And he keeps investigating. It gets farther and farther. And the conspiracy keeps unraveling. It goes from Oswald working with Cubans to the Cubans and Oswald working with the CIA to Oswald being a CIA agent sent to Russia as an undercover operative and just spitballs more and more or not spitballs, just keeps rolling. snowball, snowball. Sorry, snowball is the right word. Snowballs more and more and more until he gets that meeting with Mr. X that basically confirms all of his theories. And this, in my opinion, is where Stone jumps the shark. And I'll talk about that a bit later. But then he meets X and then he decides to bring Shaw to trial because Shaw was linked to Oswald and a bunch of other characters.
1: I want to clarify earlier, I said that like this committee report said that MLK was killed by the government. That's not true they said that the government was not involved which i still there's there's evidence to the contrary but this committee report by the government said that they were not so and they also it was they also looked into jfk and what was the name of this committee Davis? it was the house it was the house uh, uh house select committee on assassinations i'm pretty sure it was called right yeah, and then, uh, well, what was it? So you Keep talking, I'll find the thing I was looking at.
0: So essentially, we'll get into all that, and Garrison charges Clay Shaw because a bunch of New Orleans people, Guy Bannister, Lee Harvey Oswald, Guy Ferry, or not Guy Ferry, Dave Ferry, and um, Shaw, Clay Shaw, or known as Clay Bertrand, his alias, were involved, and he decides, he's told by X, oh, you've got to charge him and make noise so the government can't kill you or whatever. So he charges Shaw and then goes to court against Shaw after a lot of convincing evidence to Garrison's eye that Shaw was involved in some way or the other. Mm,
1: yeah, I can't find it. But yeah, you can read the committee's findings if you'd like. There's too much to read for us, for me to skim through right now. Yeah,
0: there is. And again, mind you, there is there is a lot of information to read on this. Stephen Davis and I have not discussed. There's a lot of information to dig into this. We're just going to address most of Stone's claims. The most we're not gonna, prominent We're not going to pretend to know every single detail about the JFK assassination. There's a lot. There's been a lot of reporting. There's been a lot of crazy theor- crazier theories, even. There have. Uh, I believe QAnon supporters went to the site of it in Dallas, <laughs> and were waiting for JFK Jr. to be resurrected. No, yeah, JFK Jr. was going to walk up. He's going to run for president, you know. Really, they're waiting for it. they. Well, no, actually,
1: they think JFK Jr. is still alive, and he's going to run for president in twenty twenty four with Trump.
0: Well, this is a crazy conspiracy episode. Davis. Yes,
1: the, the, this QAnon the, is like any any JFK theories. QAnon's ten times crazier. Which, like, it.
0: Uh, uh, who? Whatever. This this is yeah. It, this movie promotes a lot of thinking, and this movie is the basis for a lot of those sorts of discussions and a lot of those conspiracy theories. But again, let's talk about it as a movie, Davis. I really I really did think it was very strong the whole for the first two and a half hours. I mean it's long, but I mean it does a great way of keeping you engaged. One of the things that I thought was really interesting was the way it kind of doesn't have exposition. Did you notice that? Like the, the biggest every, exposition scene is Mr. X. True, true. Yeah. But like normally every time Garrison meets a connection or an informant you're having to piece together what they know and who they are through the dialogue and i find that very interesting and the thing is the dialogue is written w- very well i think each character sounds unique it's not very cookie cutter dialogue i think again it's really solid all the way around i think the direction is good i think the editing is really top notch especially for the time you know it was a little like headachey sometimes but It just kept like like especially when um oswald got shot and he got like cut to um michael rooker just going and just shaking his head very straight. I'll show you the clip later. Oh, I know. But
1: like, I don't think even, I had like 15 minutes left. I don't think I finished it. Really? I was just thinking about that. Like I know how it ends. Yeah, I've yeah, seen it. But yeah. like, because I, I split it up into two days. Like I watched an hour and a half yesterday. As did I. As did I. And then I watched this morning. I watched like an hour, another hour and a half. I guess an hour and fifteen. Because I was in this like right after back to the left when he said it like 20 times. Back into the and left. He's just speculating. He's like. Let's say for a second, if you will, and he like lays out this long, elaborate plan that he has no proof of. I'm sorry, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but, and then I don't think I don't think I finished it. Fair Clay Shaw there. gets off because he was he could not Jim Garrison proved nothing. We'll
0: certainly get to that. We we certainly in, the, will. in a
1: court of law at uh,
0: least. Absolutely, I think I think again, it was really strong the first two hours and 15 minutes. There were a little confusing things. I didn't like how can like I understood that they weren't going for. Not a lot of exposition, a lot of figure-it-out-as-you-go. But sometimes it was very confusing. Like, when they went to go see Willie O'Keefe in jail, I had no idea how they got there. There was, like, just a minute scene of, hey, boss, I found this guy or that guy. Cool. But it just sort of, you had to piece it together on the way because you're, like, having to listen to all this dialogue with Willie O'Keefe and then also figure out why he's here and how Garrison even heard of this guy and heard of his connections. And it all just sort of... Gets really, really confusing down the line. I understand what they were going for. I appreciate that they were able to give so much information without just, you know, a, like a guy narrating. Like National Treasure is a great example of the opposite, right? Because National Treasure is like the English, lemons, please. The lemons reveal a map on the on the deck. Like he, this yes, movie so just shows lemons. us. This movie just shows us what happens versus a lot of movies that spend most of their time telling us. And again, later down the line, I feel like the movie, the movie almost like the conspiracy, Davis parallel each other because it just starts to unravel. The whole beef with uh, Bill Broussard and Lou made no sense. Remember, because they're like, "I will not work with Bill Broussard." So here, here's set the scene. So Dave Ferry, and we'll talk about this. Dave Ferry um, is brought back up in uh, 1967, and. They find him, and a story is leaked to the press about it mentioning him, and Ferry believes that whoever's involved was going to kill him or whatever. Yeah. So then he does die, and they go to the they go to the scene of the crime, and Broussard and Lou get in a bit of an argument over what happened or if they what leads they should pursue next, because there's so many sprawling areas to this conspiracy, right? And they sort of lose it. And then Broussard is outside, and his FBI agent says, man, leave this case or whatever. And you're like, what? He's like, no, don't be involved. And I'm like, how does he even know this FBI agent anyway? And that's kind of the end of the scene. And then Broussard's still there for a few more for a few more scenes. And then it cuts to them discussing other conspiracies. And Garrison saying, "I think the CIA and FBI are involved." Yeah, well, he, he said, "I think LBJ was waiting in the wings." Whatever. He's like, "Are you accusing the president?" Which of- this was this was right after he met with X. So X gave him a lot of information yeah. without any actual information. He just said, "Hey, I saw this in coincidence." He said a lot of, "Do you think that's a coincidence?" And I'm like, "Uh, maybe." I don't
1: know. <laughs> but I couldn't find any proof of Mr. X's claim that the the news in New Zealand was already put out. I, I was not find looking Did for you that. find anything
0: about the phones going out in DC
1: either? Mm-mm. Okay. So I w- think w- I literally think Oliver Stone made all that up well, cuz all of that I'm pretty sure
0: none of that happened.
1: Well, we'll 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 absolutely get to that as well. I'll look through the JFK online
0: 100 things wrong about. Right. Go ahead and do that. But so Broussard and Lou just start losing cuz Brussard's like, "How could you say let the nope. president killed oh I found,
1: you say your thing, but I did find it. Okay, go ahead and actually say this first, Davis.
0: Oh, I got a... Oliver Stone takes his account from the real ins-
1: inspiration for X, Lee Fletcher Prote, who encountered this newspaper article in New Zealand at the time. While a cover story may have may well have been the article's... Con- oh, my goodness. While the cover story may well have been what the article's contents felt like to Prouty, in fact, there was nothing unusual about the article. It, con- it contained no information that was not readily available in the morgue in the morgue of any major I'm having trouble right now. In the morgue of any major newspaper but because of stories that are run on Oswald at the time of his defection Okay to the Soviet Union nineteen fifty nine and return in nineteen into return to the US in nineteen sixty two.
0: Interesting. Okay. So it wasn't which that old time he's like, well it was two AM the next day. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> It, just, it was they very They time-traveled. I mean, I know how that works, but it was still very confusing. Why didn't, why didn't New Zealand warn us? <laughs> it was still very, very confusing. So going back to the Broussard point, Davis, that we talked about. Yes, yes. So yes. Broussard and Lou start yelling at each other because Broussard is like, I, I'm not going to work with you if you think the president killed the president. I'm like, okay, that's a little... Well, if we assume the president was conspiracy, let's not throw anything out the window here. But Broussard's like... I, I'm not going to work here anymore. I won't stand for this. And he leaves. And they're like, good. Broussard was kind of losing his mind. And Garrison says, we need him back. We need we need yeah. Broussard back. And Lou's like, well, I won't work with him. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what happened here? Sorry, go on, Davis. You raised your hand. The phone system never, quote, went dead
1: because of the extremely high volume of calls. Some people had to wait momentarily to receive a dial tone. There's your There's the real life account of what happened. ABC newsman Sam Donaldson challenged Oliver Stone about his, this during a TV interview. I mean, a dozen calls during that time from the Capitol to the White House and elsewhere in Washington, he said. The phone system never went down.
0: What did Stone say?
1: I'll have to look into that, Stone <laughs> replied weakly.
0: Ha ha ha! Oh, we about to cook this boy in the next hour. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy, Oliver Stone. And then, later on, Davis, with the Bouchard thing. Sorry, we keep jumping back and forth. I'm just criticizing this mainly because of the many criticisms of this movie... Most of them are about the theories themselves, but critically, the movie does hold up for the most part. Except this scene is just absurd because then Lou's like, "I won't work with him anymore." Oh, is that it? I'm done. And then Broussard and Lou are both gone, so it's not like there would have been a conflict between either of them. And then Lou just shows up at the end of the movie. It's like, it's like um, Stone just ran out of funding, and the movie just ends because like maybe in the that storyline is not expanded. There's so many storylines that are not expanded upon. There's random scenes shoot in with his family that I just, like, I don't care about. You know? Maybe Everything with his family, I just Maybe didn't in feel... the
1: director's cut, Broussard
0: had an affair with maybe, his wife or something. Maybe. And then let's get to the ending, Davis. The ending is just legally absurd. And I'm no legal expert, but Davis is in law himself. I uh, don't... I'm not a legal, legal
1: expert. I'm just in the class.
0: You know you know. I meant? It's a joke, Davis. Come on, now. Okay, okay. All the I jokes just... we made. Okay, yeah, yeah. But you're more... You won't know more about the law than I, but this... Stone, in my opinion, does a lot of legwork to conveniently explain Garrison's absurd actions during the investigation. I mean, in the film, he rides off into the sunset after a ridiculous legal prosecution because Stone takes Shaw to trial because Mr. X told him to. Or but Garrison. The... Oh, sorry. Ga- sorry. Garrison takes Shaw to trial because Mr. X told him to. And the problem is Garrison has no case against Shaw. Now, with the if David Ferry was alive, different story, but... Garrison has no case against Shaw, so the final 20 minutes of the film are him just rambling madly at the jury about how JFK assassination was a conspiracy, which honestly, he makes some interesting points, he does, about the interrogation about where Oswald was that day, all that stuff, timing, the bullets, whatever, but the problem is- I think also the autopsy was
1: interesting. I agree. If that was true, I'll check. I haven't read into the autopsy myself. Found it right here, the president's autopsy. All right, go ahead ahead and click
0: on it. I just think it was really absurd because then it sort of rides off into the sunset with Garrison like like the law messed him up again. But in reality, he was bringing a totally senseless case. He had nothing to tie Shaw to any of this. Anything at all. If anything, he should have went public with his story, but he didn't do that. He, brought a, he, he destroyed part of his reputation, and then he also said he'd run again, and he lost, by the way, to uh, Harry Connick Sr.? That's a different guy. No, it is not the singer. But Harry Connick Jr. is the singer. Is that his dad? Well, it's Harry Connick Sr., Davis. Could be. Did you find anything on the autopsy? It's just a very long, it's a lot of words. It's
1: like a very long, not, I guess an article about it. I'm trying to find just like blurbs. Bits and pieces, as yeah. it were. It just, it says, uh like there was a lot of people there. It was under these extreme pressures that the overwhelmed autopsy autopsist proceeded. Political realities and personal considerations dominated much of the controversy that would later surround the JFK autopsy focused on the competence of doctors Humes and Boswell. In fact, given what they were charged cha- charged to determine they were competent, my orders were to find the cause of death, Humes later recalled, and therein lies the crux of the controversy.
0: Interesting. So the crux of the controversy being exactly- it,
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to read. Check out jfk-online.com if you feel so inclined, if you want to read into it yourself. this is It's basically just debunking the movie's claims.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of debunctions there, and the ending is just so totally absurd. And again, the ride up under the sunset. And Davis, right before this ends, I'm before the podcast ends, I'm going to go through the post credits and debunk this because okay. I had a big issue with a lot of
1: also, this. Also, uh, there's the claim while he's doing the thing that there was different workmen like laying, laying new floors in the book depository. Not true. Didn't happen. Interesting. There was no so like that didn't happen. I'm going to find. I'm going to see if I can find the thing. There's. All the things about the shots. I'm gonna find the thing about if Lee Harvey Oswald actually was like downstairs, or like where like he was. So I read into
0: that. So some people did see him. Okay. Okay. Some people apparently did see him. Other people said they didn't. It was kind of unclear exactly. There was a lot of contradiction there. So Davis, why don't we go ahead and debunk this movie because it started so strong and I think it started so well and it had me so honestly engaged and then it just falls apart critically. But as does the conspiracy because. The problem with this movie, and I think my beef with Stone personally, is that he presents all this as fact, when in reality, he adds a lot of drama to a pretty solid political thriller, but again, he presents it as fact. And that's where yes. in lies the problem that you have with it, and the problem that I have with it, because it goes off the reserve multiple times. And again, there's a lot there that could cause a conspiracy. I'm not saying that there aren't some strange things that went down, the Warren Commission included but where this film goes, it kind of jumps off the reserve. You go ahead, Davis, and talk about some things that are. Fiction. I'm yeah. I'm reading. So I just read
1: another thing about how oh why didn't Lee Harvey Oswald shoot him when he was coming down? Oh, what was the street? Do you remember? I think I thought it was just Texas Street. Um, coming up Houston. Up Houston. Houston up street. Houston. So, and they talked to, like, a guy, they, researcher and veteran sportsman John Cahill. So, I mean, like, you can take this with a grain of salt if you want, but he said, from my experience, a shot approaching with the angle constantly changing and becoming more acute would be more difficult than, say, with the target moving away, becoming less acute. Interesting. That making smaller, of course. Interesting. The slight downward angle as the target goes towards the underpass tends as, also to make the target movement less apparent. Interesting. So, like, they're basically saying it wouldn't be easier to shoot him coming up Houston towards Oswald. That's what he was saying. Okay, that's very interesting. And then, oh, what was I about to read? I was reading about the first shot. Oh, uh, in Oliver Stone's JFK New Orleans district attorney Jim Garrison, they rise an assassin scenario of six shots. Get ready for this. Despite the fact that the overwhelming majority of the Daily Plaza witnesses, more than
0: 90% reported hearing three shots or less. Uh-oh. 90%. That's not a good ratio for our boy Jim Garrison.
1: There's a lot, a lot of things um, that are very inaccurate about this movie. Um, I'm just trying to think of some more just off the top of my head. I'm going to keep reading through this website to give you like – because this person's citing everything, which shout out to them, whoever it is.
0: So one more thing I also want to say about this movie. I thought the the score by John Williams was very weak, yeah. actually. Oh, okay. No, I thought it was weak. I, I didn't really notice it either I, way. I thought that some scenes it played way too loudly and I couldn't hear the dialogue. I was very surprised. I guess that doesn't – it makes sense because most of Williams' films, the music is playing over action scenes and not necessarily – Bless you. <laughs> Excuse me. We're going to cut that out. Um, <laughs> not um, – not dialogue scenes, but, like, action set pieces. And with only dialogue, it just wasn't mixed very well, I thought. But let's get into the David Ferry conspiracy, because David Ferry is sort of the star witness of the film, right? He's the guy that knows everything, that was involved in everything. He also has one of the worst-looking wigs ever, but thankfully you learn later on that it was actually supposed supposed to look bad. And he had really crazy eyebrows. Exactly. Oh, wait, I really liked how the stories kept contradicting, like how... When O'Keefe was saying there were nine or ten people there, there were more than ten people there. Or when he said, yeah, Shaw was working on working with mice to cure cancer. And then Ferry says that's what he was doing. And then Ferry says he was a Catholic priest. The details get get messed up. Interesting. To show to show flaws and witnesses in their stories, which I thought was very interesting. I liked that detail. So Ferry, he dies in the film very suddenly after a story breaks. And he leaves two strange suicide notes. So here's what really happened. Garrison's aide Lou Ivan, stated that Ferry had telephoned him the day after the story of Garrison's investigation broke and told him, You know what this news story does to me, don't you? I'm a dead man. From here on, believe me, I'm a dead man. Ferry's autopsy was performed by Orleans Parish coroner Nicholas Chetta and pathologist Ronald A. Welsh. They concluded that there was no evidence of suicide or murder and that Ferry died of a massive cerebral hemorrhage due to a congenital in intracranial berry aneurysm that had ruptured at the base of his brain upon learning of the coroner's finding Garrison said I suppose it could just be a weird coincidence that the night fairy penned two suicide notes he died of natural causes on March 1st 1967 Garrison had shot arrested in charge with conspiring to assassinate Kennedy so however in the film it's implied that Ge- that fairy must have taken these pills and we're supposed to conclude that but that's because Stone does not leave what actually happened, which was the fact that it was discovered he died of natural causes. And mm-hmm. Garrison just like, yeah, sure. We, but I think, I don't I know feel like, so why Ferry wrote those notes if, personally. If
1: David Ferry was really like, oh, I'm going to die now, and then he died, I mean, I, if that happened to someone I knew, I'd be like, hmm, that's interesting. However, there is a thing <laughs> in this JFK 100 thing about him saying, I'm a dead man. And I'll read over that real quick while you talk about something else. Go go ahead. However, uh, I just read something else about the second shot, which that would have been from the grassy knoll. Interesting. Which Abraham Zapruder and the lady he was with, which I think may have been his secretary, were very close to it. And when asked about the prospect of someone shooting from the grassy knoll, he said, that is ridiculous. I would have heard something. I was only a few feet away. Also, no eyewitnesses reporting seeing anybody on the grassy knoll, despite the fence being only five feet tall with and no cover. Despite the film
0: showing many witnesses that claimed they saw a man there. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Like the film had many characters who claimed that. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about like the Zapruder no. film. Like, no, which about? by the way, the Zapruder film is a crazy thing. That is one it is thing. Real. Is Garrison did yeah. do a lot of work to get that shown to the public, and the video is, is very hard to watch. Don't look it up. By the way, it's it's. And there's a
1: thing about the back into the left, which I will get to as well, because I was reading about like uh, um, uh, uh, the physics of it. That's not the words I was looking for, but like just because he went back into the left does not mean that he was shot from the front. Exactly. I actually because the explosion that happens looks a lot more like an exit wound from what I was reading. Yeah, exit wounds are much bigger and much more explosive because it's going through the body and
0: starts. Tumbling well, yeah. So and that was a weird thing. Out. Is that in the in the film? There's the autopsy, and the autopsy claims that oh well, you know, the back of his skull exploded like the bullet was leaving. But in the video, it looks like the front. So I don't yes. really what. So Ugh. yeah, I'll
1: read this. I'm a dead man. Thing real quick. Do you have any? Do you have anything you want to talk about? Or uh, go ahead and read that because this this relates
0: to Ferry. Oh wait, you're oh you're reading that. So yeah, I want to find talking. a good spot. So, and yeah, then yeah I'll that was start. that was an issue with David Ferry and. Let's see, um, huh. The The newspapers, New Orleans State item was the non-defunct newspaper that that handled all of that. And again, Ferry's involvement, it was initially pointed out by Jack Martin, which is in the film. Jack Martin pointed to it. And Garrison Slender wrote, The Bannister apparatus was part of a supply line that ran along the Dallas-New Orleans-Miami corridor. These supplies consisted of arms and explosives for use against Castro's Cuba. So it's all about a conspiracy where the CIA wanted to invade Cuba a second time with the Bay of Pigs and used the Cubans who were anti-Castro in the U.S. to do it. And then Kennedy shut that down because he didn't want to do another Bay of Pigs. And then everybody was mad because of war profiteering. Is essentially the whole crux of the conspiracy is that the CIA wanted war because of the money they could make. So they then... um. Decided that Kennedy can't survive because he won't go to war. I don't know how much validity there is in Kennedy not wanting to pull out of Vietnam. But I've heard stories here and there about that, but I, don't, I I don't know the full details of that. Another problem with the film is that Mr. X says, "Well, these companies that make so much money, look up, look at who owns them." But he never says who owns them. He just says, "Look it up." He also says coincidence a lot. He in did. His- he
1: is a QAnon tactic.
0: Oh, do, do your own research
1: when they get when they can get confronted with
0: any contradict like, hey. So where'd you learn this? Oh, uh, look, do your own research. I saw somebody tweet that, actually. There was a um, a tweet about, like, oh, can't believe this, like, this political person said this. And he said, oh, who said that? He's like, do look your own research. Do your own research. Look it up. He literally said, I'm like, huh? That's just not
1: real, usually, when they say that.
0: Indeed, indeed. We only got 30 minutes left. Yeah, uh, David move.
1: Ferry, apparently, leading up to the day that he died, had been very sick. And people said that he looked sick. And he said he felt sick. And he also, before then, had uh, bad health with, like, high blood pressure. He'd have random nosebleeds and he died and the autopsy said from an aneurysm which kind of
0: tracks interesting so let's see um already about the third shot now all, all right over there. let's talk yeah. about another thing so this movie this movie likes to paint a picture that Garrison is you know he he fails against the law system because the law won't allow him to interview a cop that apparently saw Clay Shaw invent or admit that he used the alias Clay Birch and whatever. And also because David Ferry's star witness is not there. But what the film does not include is that one of his witnesses,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Davis, one of his witnesses was a man by the name of Perry Russo. Mm-hmm. One of his star witnesses, uh, in the in the preliminary claims. One of the main witnesses that he used. Let's see. He was a friend of David Ferry and he, he claimed to witness businessman and civic leader Clay Shaw conspiring with Lee Harvey Oswald and David Ferry. So one of the people that he brought in and during the preliminary hearings. However, when he was interviewed by Garrison's office, Russo described a friend of Ferrie's in New Orleans as having a sort of dirty blonde hair and husky beard, a typical beat neck, extremely dirty. When Russo was shown a picture of Oswald, he said Oswald was the person who Ferry had introduced him to, which this is something the movie does is they they try and say, oh, O'Keefe described him as husky. He's not a husky, but in reality is we never saw O'Keefe do that, so we're assuming they're lying. But the reality is Russo described him as that, which is not what Oswald looked like, by the way. Look up a picture of Lee Harvey Oswald. This is not what he appeared. He did not look like that. He was skinny. Russo, still Russo said nothing about Shaw and Oswald conspiring, during his interview. So after the interview, right, let me, let me continue here. He was shown a picture of Oswald and said that was all all. When shown the picture of Shaw, Russo said he saw him and Ferry talking in a car at Ferry's service station. But still, Russo did not connect Shaw and Oswald. He connected them with David Ferry, but not connecting the two directly. Russo then added that if he were hypnotized, he may have total recall on names and places and dates. Garrison arranged to have Russo interrogated three times while hypnotized. The first while under an injection of sodium thymine, thiopental, known popularly as Truth Serum. Now Russo described a conspiracy plot with Shaw using the alias Bertrand and a rifle-totting Leon Oswald at Ferry's apartment when Russo was visiting in mid-September. Russo said Ferry told him, we are going to kill John F. Kennedy and it won't be long. Russo, however, failed two polygraph examinations ordered by Garrison on March 18th and June 19th, and during the second, he confessed to the polygraph operator that his story was not true.
1: Hmm.
0: So one of the witnesses that connected it all. That is not brought up in the film. Turned out to be a completely false lead, by the way. So that's important to mention. Just gonna just gonna leave leave that there. And it doesn't say if. Oh, uh, it doesn't say how much further he was used in the case. But it's worth it that. Oh. In 1997, or 1971, two years after Shaw's not guilty verdict, Russo told one of Shaw's lawyers that he never saw Shaw at Ferry's apartment and that Garrison's office had done a complete brainwashing job on him. In a second tape recording to the former Garrison investigator and two of Shaw's attorneys, Russo spoke of Garrison and his staff, telling him before the trial that they had a contract with Life Magazine for $25,000 and that after the Shaw conviction, they would either give that to me or see somehow that I got it. That, that I got a lot of it for my trouble. Russo also said, I guess I always knew Shaw had nothing to do with anything. But to others, Russo continued to assert that he had seen Ferry, Shaw, and Oswald conspiring to kill President Kennedy. So, more or less. Oh. Oh. More keeps coming up. 1991 film JFK has Russo's testimony given by a character named Willie O'Keefe who is not real. Sona said that in addition to Perry Russo, O'Keefe was a comp- Composite of three other Garrison witnesses, David Logan, Raymond Brochiers, and William Morris. In addition, Russo made a cameo appearance as an angry bar patron in the scene where the news of the president's death is received. Huh. Interesting. So it kind of leaves out the fact that there's hypnotism involved. And Davis, in this film, you said this as well. In the film, it's learned that oh, the CIA has bugged the Garrison office. But not true. Really? It did not happen. Really, exactly. Made up for the film.
1: Interesting. Jim Garrison was convinced that they were bugging him, but there has been never... Nary a shred of evidence that they did. Like finding a bug, Gary Garrison could not produce a single bug, any proof that he had been bugged, but he was convinced that he
0: was. Which I will say, when Wayne Knight said we got to debug the office, I was like, oh my gosh, because you know that's that's his whole gimmick in Jurassic Park. He's like, I got to debug the phones, guys. And okay. I'm like, oh, Wayne Knight's really good at saying debug. Also, Davis, it's Wayne worth Knight's mentioning. Really good. Wayne Knight is really that's good. That's one magic loogie. That is one magic loogie. Um, it is worth mentioning. So Clay Shaw the running rumor around Clay Sean, I don't know how true any of this is cuz I couldn't find any evidence of it was that he was a closeted gay man in New Orleans and a businessman and according to Oliver or not to Oliverson according to Jim Garrison he called this entire conspiracy a homosexual thrill killing if you if you had what? any if you had any belief or respect for Jim Garrison I feel
1: like I That kind of goes out the window
0: cuz people so it, again in the movie in the movie, there's news stories that look like real news stories that might have run at the time criticizing Garrison for going after this closeted gay man as as the stories go. And you're like, what? Garrison's never mentioned that. But the movie conveniently leaves that out, doesn't it, Davis? Conveniently leaves out that not exactly great quote there by Jim Garrison. Yeah. Not at all.
1: I'm still – I'm also reading about uh, – I mentioned earlier –
0: Weren't you? Weren't you? Wait,
1: you've still been reading some. I've been reading a lot of things. Well, what'd you just here? read? Hold up. Right now, I'm reading about Lee Harvey Oswald's alibi.
0: But there was oh, like if you. But there was something before that, though. What was I reading? Because you, you said keep
1: talking, and then you'd be reading. And Oh, well, uh, there's I'm I've read like twenty of these over here. I do find it interesting. Well, like the any is, the thing is like you'd be like, oh, maybe this is interesting from this movie if it's true, and then it turns out to just be made up. Like I find it interesting why would Oswald order a Carcano from a mail order service when he could just walked in and got one and not be traced? Which I'm going to find out in a minute if that's true or not. Which like you'd think is like, why would he make that up? That's pretty, but then Oliver Stone makes it up. Or the fact that Lee Harvey Oswald wasn't a very good shot and he got off three shots in six seconds or whatever it was. I think that's also interesting. But, you know, you never know with Oliver Stone.
0: Yeah, so once again, I'm finding that Perry Russo was Garrison's main witness. Awesome. And uh, critics of Garrison argue that his own records indicate that Russo's story had evolved over time. Oh, Lord. Oh my gosh. And yeah, it's just even like a key source was a memo from assistant DA Andrew Schiomber's first interview with Russo. Russo doesn't even mention the assassination party at all. Shaw was, by the way, acquitted in less than an hour. And again, the film just has him right off in the sunset like as if it was some noble cause that he failed. But it doesn't paint the full picture. It doesn't. And it's very frustrating because, I mean, this movie, I was just shaking my head like this man is rambling and raving about something that's not going to prove that Clay Shaw did anything. Yeah. Now, Davis, we do have to wrap up shortly, so let's wrap up our JFK discussion. We've been going, we've been going a while. There's with this so line. much. We'll have
1: to continue
0: it next week. Oh, we know we're not continuing it next week. Do you have any final things you want to say about about any conspiracies you thought that this film brought up that were just completely erroneous and not even close true? Because then I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the post credits because I have serious. I feel B- like the biggest like when he's in the courtroom and he's like, "So this is how they did it," and
1: he was like, "They had three teams, each with four, and they had radios, and they said." uh because they couldn't do it. Like, what? Where? Not one thing in the movie set up
0: how he could have gotten there Not to mention, um, I'm... Sorry, Davis. Yeah, I mean, no, you know, one of the things I hated the most was that the triangulation of fire thing was just thrown in there because he's like... He's, one of his buddies was like, that's the only way they could have done You're it. The goose? Huh. Okay, well, yeah. There's a lot of ways you could only do something, but assassins are crazy, and things don't tend to go as planned either. So the idea that, well, you know obviously, like, there's no evidence that says that. It's just a guy who says, I think that. And I really think that yeah. he puts an X just to back up the fact that Garrison kind of went off the reserve with Russo, a totally insane witness. Um, also would like to point out how unreliable eyewitness testimony
1: is. I have a little, but I'll let you get to your thing in just a second. I no, yeah, have a go little, ahead, uh, little um, anecdote for you. That's the word. So after 9/11 happened, some researchers decided they wanted to I guess not test memory, they just wanted they wanted to document it in a way and while also testing memory so they'd go and they asked people where they were when 9/11 happened. And every year their memory would get worse. And like within 10 years or like 5 years whatever it was, it was completely different from what they said that first year. And then they'd be like hey, we have this in writing of what you said right after it happened and they'd show that to them five years later. They're like, I didn't write that because they are so sure that they were watching it on the street, but they were actually just watching it on their TV at the laundromat or something. It was really interesting. I, re- I was watching That's very interesting,
0: it. Davis. That's a very interesting – I really like that. Anecdote. It's called a
1: flashbulb memory. Like, we've pro- you've probably had one in your life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know where you were when something happened. You can remember almost all the details. But even then, how reliable is
0: that? Yeah. I
1: remember where I was when Kobe died. That's a flashbulb memory for me. Yeah. And in five years, I feel like I'd probably not remember everything.
0: Yeah, even I've missed bits and pieces where I was yeah. as well. And I think just –
1: just, it just, what, what'd you
0: find? I saw. I saw you made a reaction while you. So I got bit. more on Russo because I really want to just hammer home how the film completely ignores the fact that he had a completely unreliable witness as his main guy for this story. Look, Ferry's death, changing everything aside, whatever. That's what's done is done. All right, let's talk about the fact that. So, Russo's version of events has been questioned by some historians, researchers, such as Patricia Lambert, once it became known that part of his testimony might have been induced by hypnotism and by the drug sodium pentothal. pentothal. An early version of Russo's testimony, as told in assistant DA Andrew Sciambra's memo, before Russo was subject to the sodium pentothal and hypnosis, fails to mention an assassination party, and says that Russo met Shaw on two occasions, neither of which occurred at the party. However, in Garrison's book, On the Trail... Of the assassins, Garrison says that Russo had already discussed the party at Ferry's apartment before any truth serum was administered. And Scambria said that the party information was simply accidentally left off the notes. Davis, if you are interrogating someone, asking them about the murder of the president, and they mention a party where they talk about killing the president, are you just going to forget to write that down? Awesome. Which, it's so annoying because the movie highlights, like, the FBI guy threw away his notes. Apparently, I read the Warren Commission report on this, by the way. So, with FBI agent John Quigley, he apparently threw, threw away his notes because that's standard practice and then dictated them five days later. And there's a break where it says, discussion off the record, and then it comes back to a completely different subject matter, which is sus. I'm not going to lie. A little suspect out there. But the point is, the movie hammers things like that home only for Garrison and his lackeys to do the same thing. Davis, same thing. Awesome. Now, do you got anything else before we go through the credits right now? Because um, I'm going to tear yeah, this to Yeah, go and shreds. go through the credits. I All can right, probably ladies some gentlemen. more. But, you know, go Let, check out the website. Let's talk about it. So, here, the, after Garrison rides off into the sunset, the credits read as follows. In 1979, Richard Helms, director of covert operations in 1963, admitted under oath that Clay Shaw had worked for the CIA. However, this leaves out an important detail, Davis. You want to know what it is? Here's the full disclosure. In 1979, Richard Helms, the former director of the CIA, testified under oath that Shaw had been a part-time contact of the Domestic Contact Service of the CIA, where Shaw volunteered information from his travels abroad, mostly to Latin America. Like Shaw, 150,000 Americans had provided such information to the DCS by the mid-1970s on a non-clandestine basis, and that such acts of cooperation should not be confused with an actual agency relationship. This credit does nothing to indicate any of that. Then, let's talk about Clay Shaw's death. The credit says Clay Shaw died in 1974 of lung cancer. No autopsy was allowed. Maybe that's because Shaw was a heavy smoker most of his life and died of, at the age of 61. The cause of death was listed as metastatic lung cancer. Maybe it's cuz there wasn't a big mystery about how he yeah, died. Why would there
1: be an what are they going to find in the autopsy a, a, a scroll to his c- conspiracy to
0: kill JFK? What is that? What? These two points already make me very angry because yes, Shaw did work with the CIA, in a, in a sense, as a contact basis, but it leaves out the context there. And then in 1978, Jim Garrison was elected judge of the Louisiana State Court of Appeal in New Orleans. He was re-elected in 1980. To this date, he has brought the only public prosecution in the Kennedy killing. It fails to mention that Garrison lost his election as district attu- attorney. He didn't move on to judge. He lost and then became a judge, by the way. Lack of context again. This irks me. As a journalist, I must admit, the lack of context. I'm, I'm just going to pull that out for one second because that it really bothers me that there's no context provided to these, to these statements. And let's keep going further. Southeast Asia. 2 million Asian lives lost. 58,000 American lives lost. $220 billion spent. 10 million Americans airlifted there by commercial aircraft. More than 5,000 helicopters lost six and a half million tons of bombs dropped stone acting like this is some incredible statement about the vietnam war being bad bro you weren't the first like so jay what what does this add to the film like yes everybody knows how bad vietnam was but what does this add to the film other than like hey you should believe this because look at where read it up and that's uh, no what why is that there And then lastly, a congressional investigation in 1976-1979 found a probable conspiracy in the assassination of John F. Kennedy and recommended the Justice Department investigate further. As of 1991, the Justice Department has done nothing. The files of the House Select Committee on Assassinations are locked away until the year 2029. I'll get to that in a moment. And the final credits read, What is past is prologue, dedicated to the young in whose spirit the search for truth marches on. Cue the eye roll. Cue just... You know, Davis, I'm starting to worry about Oliver Stone. I'm starting to think that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying about that. I'm to turn up the array a little bit, but yeah, but yeah. I, I apologize. I, I apologize for that one. So, Davis, there is a legislative impact here. The film inspired what we like to what what has been called the assassination records review board, partially credited concern over the conclusions in JFK with the passage of President John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act of 1992, also known as the JFK Act. The ARRB stated that the film popularized a version of Kennedy's assassination that featured U.S. government agents from the FBI, CIA, and military's conspirators. While describing the film as largely fictional, the ARRB acknowledges Stone's point that official records were to be sealed to the public until 2029, and his suggestion that Americans could not trust official public conclusions when those conclusions had been made in secret. By ARRB law, all existing assassination-related documents were made public by 2017, and most are now released. So, mm-hmm. Stone's main point at the end there, it got a reaction. And for that, I agree. The fact that the records were sealed till 2029 was very strange to me. I'm glad they released them sooner. You can find all the Warren Report online, by the way, and everything else involving that as well. But, Davis, let's give a rating on this movie before we move on. I know I was rambling on there from I just want to talk about a few things that really irked me. As no, I know you were irked by some things as well. But this movie overall, what do you say? Well, what's your review? What's your official consensus? I don't know. I
1: feel like I want to say three, but then, like, also I don't. Can I abstain
0: from it? I'll, I'll say this. Okay, as a film, without like any yeah, I'm reading as a historical. Film. Prov- oh, I kind of liked it as a film, but it's so it just feels so long. To I me. don't mind long movies. Okay, I'll say this first. Honestly, everything up until he gets to court, seven point five. I'll give it that. It was pretty solid. I think I'm gonna once, stick with a three. Once, once out of he five. gets to out court, of five. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we're we're going out of 10. ten, Davis. So six. You just want to say six. three because it sounds good.
1: Three out of five. Like I, I like I like doing out of five a little bit more.
0: I like 10s. It gives me more six, range. Okay, 6. I'll give it a 7.5 before and then the court scenes pff, plummets <laughs> it to like a 4. The second, the first shot, Back missed. Back and to the left. Now, Back I, don't, I also want to read into the whole bullet the moving left. thing because that's very interesting. But, again, I don't know how, well, so, how, how so true that, that was. That was
1: the theory that only one bullet actually made contact. But I think the thing they decided, not they decided, like that was determined it was actually two of the bullets that Oswald shot, allegedly, okay. did make contact. I got you, I got you.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: Yeah. that's very So, interesting. like, the one shot theory is that only one
0: made contact and the
1: other two missed.
0: Hmm. Well, there's no way only one made contact. There's one hit him in the neck and one hit him in the head.
1: Okay, then two. I don't know. Unless there's more than two, three shots or whatever the hell. Oh, sorry. Again, 90% Davis. of the people said they only heard three or less shots.
0: Okay, interesting, interesting. So, we'll give it that well, Maybe rating. we'll never know. That yeah, I mean most of the witnesses. Maybe maybe Joe Biden will will decide to tell us this year. Oh Lord have mercy, Davis. You get Oliver Stone's vote if he did. Oh my goodness. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Well, Davis, that'll do it for our JFK episode or J- no JFK discussion. The episode's not done yet. However, an interesting discussion. A lot thrown around here, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to read into it, I mean there's a lot of resources out there. Davis, sounded that website. But Davis, what have we been reading or watching outside of JFK? It's been a big, big, big. Toll on us, three hours and eight minutes. But anything else on the agenda I got a PS5. Whoa! Yeah, it came in. I started
1: playing The Last of Us Part 1 a little bit. And how's it going? I mean, it's The Last of Us. Getting you excited for the show? No. But it's getting me excited for the game. It's (laughs) a great game. You know,
0: they just announced casting for the Gran Turismo game or movie. Yeah, David Harbour's going to be the driver. David Harbour. He needs to aim higher, man. He's also in apparently another Santa action movie. I don't know why there's so many of those. Yeah, I saw that. Not, Not a big fan of that. I haven't been watching a lot, but friend of the show... Uh, Corinne Stein we, we've talked about her a few times she watched everything Everywhere all at once for the first time and she said have you watched it and I was like huh, we did a podcast on it I sent the link of course shameless plug and then she said I'll call you in 10 minutes and she called me just sobbing good <laughs> and she was like it's the most touching movie I've ever seen so good and then we just talked about it for like an hour good. that movie so good we're not allowed to say go watch it, so I won't say that. But I cannot tell, stress Alex, enough. Tell me to go watch it, Davis. Go watch it. There you go. There you go. Davis <laughs> is obviously everyone else. Oh right, of course, of course. And and everyone else is everywhere, all all at once at once. <laughs> uh, but she watched that and she she uh, really enjoyed it, and she's apparently going to listen to the podcast. Let us know uh, her thoughts. And Davis, Ministry of Truth. I found it today on Twitter, and I feel like you, did you see the tweet? Open uh, up your computer again, Davis. You're going to want to see this nonsense. I did. I looked at it earlier. I don't remember what it says. You're going to want to read this. So don't read it out loud. I'll read it. Okay. But have you, Yeah, have read you, it out loud. Okay. So it is a tweet. I'm not going to add the person because we don't need people going at oh, yeah, the, I saw the Twitter account and whatnot. But it says, quote, I hate that Amber Turd's Mira in Aquaman <laughs> resembles Ariel more than the Disney version of Ariel. And I'm not talking about the hair. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to draw your conclusion for you, but we're going to go ahead and draw our own conclusion. Davis, what do you think she could be talking about? She's racist. <laughs> How about that? That's that's slanderous,
1: what I just did. But we didn't say who it was. It's true.
0: This person is potentially racist. That, th- this, this comment tends to indicate such things. I mean, what? Wh- what? What? I I would, like, double-take when I read this. I'm like, hold up now. Also, again, this is also a clear Johnny Depp fan, by the way, so do with that information (laughs) what you will. Um, How about about, you just don't be a fan of either. Oh, maybe. Just don't stand either. That's (laughs) what I think. Maybe. Maybe that's a great idea. Maybe that's a great idea, Davis. I think, again, there's so much criticism to be given to this movie, and I believe, again, rightfully so in regards to Disney's live-action remakes. The CGI not looking great. It looking so washed out. But people's just vitriolic reaction to the casting of Halle Bailey's Ariel. Stop is think, all I'm going to say. What? And
1: one of the arguments is like, if she's at the bottom of the ocean, she, she wouldn't have sun touching her skin. So she wouldn't have a lot of melanin, which is like, I watched a video by a marine biologist who was like, where are some of the darkest fish in the ocean? Alex, where where are some of the dark? I believe they're in those? the bottom, they're including very, the
0: ones in like the very dark, like in Nemo.
1: Yeah, there are a few that are clear. That's None true. of them are really white. That's a good point. A few of them are blind as well because there's no light That's to reach true. down there. Yeah. but like they're not white. So who cares? It, it's it's a it's a mermaid. <laughs> they're
0: not real. <laughs> they're not real. <laughs> who cares? I was gonna say you cannot apply any sort of science, in, including. Skin darkening, as it were. Considering it is a mermaid movie, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my gosh. They are singing sea creatures. Who cares? A lobster named Sebastian is going to start going under the sea. Under the sea. That's a good song. Yeah, it, do, 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 the Little Mermaid, do, 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 great movie, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Bro, Ur, I'm ready to see Ursula. That's so all I'm going to say about that nonsense. Who's, who's playing Ursula? I don't know. I'm gonna look this up right now, Davis.
1: But you, you keep, you keep on rambling. At, at I don't get how the lobster's gonna talk or emote, honestly. But it, oh, we'll it's see. not
0: gonna emote, just like the last movie. It's Ursula just gonna... Ursula's <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I, I can imagine she having a lot of fun with that role. That'll, that'll so be so. The lobster's just gonna lay there and be like, under the sea, under the sea. Oh, music composed by Lin Manuel Miranda and Alec Allen Menken. So. <laughs> <laughs> Are they gonna start rapping. Stop, Davis. I'm a mermaid in the sea. <laughs> it's gonna be so bad. <laughs> oh, who's playing? Who's playing? Sebastian? Poseidon. Oh, Pose. Uh, no, it's not. It's 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 um not Triton. Poseidon. Tri- it's like Triton, right? What's his name? Neptune. Neptune. Uh, I does not say. Hmm. Huh. That's weird. I bet it's Michael
1: Shannon. <laughs> That's my guess. Well, okay, Davis. But I don't know. It wouldn't be Michael Shannon. I bet it's like Idris Elba then.
0: Yeah, apparently David Diggs is playing Sebastian. Jacob Tremblay from Wonder is going to play. Who's David Diggs? Uh, Flounder. Daveed let, me just, let me, Diggs. David Diggs. It's this guy. You're working oh,
1: he's from Hamilton.
0: Oh, makes sense. Yeah, he plays Thomas Jefferson. Oh, I, I haven't seen Hamilton, so I didn't know that. Yeah, I makes have. Makes sense. Um, Aquafina <laughs> as Scuttle, a dim-witted diving bird and friend of Ariel's. Is, no, I thought Scuttle was the one that was like, how do you use this fork, Ariel? Remember that pigeon? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's that, that's Aquafina scuttling. like the actress? Yeah.
0: Cool. All right. Then again, again, be wary of the fact that voice actors are voice actors for a reason, ladies and yes. gentlemen. There's a reason Toy Story is Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, and not really anyone of any particular fame because one, John Ratzenberg's a great, great voice actor. He's, he's basically Pixar's mascot voice wise, one of my favorites uh growing up. He plays Mac? Yes, he, he plays the caterpillar. He yeah, so at the end of I can't remember which one it is oh, um, cars. Oh, it is Cars where it's like him watching his character. Yeah. I love that. Well, it, well, in
1: Cars, it's like he's watching all the movies with all the different cars. It's like the Caterpillar car. He's like,
0: "What's this hack? Because they all sound the same." <laughs> Nobody he, says. He's like, "Wait a minute! I think they just, they just paid the same actor." Yeah, it's funny. Uh, so a uh, great, great bit, Classic. great bit. By the way, Lo- love John Ratzenberger. Oh, also uh, for the JFK movie, I forgot
1: to mention the guy that plays Jack Ruby is just. Uh, the Flying Dutchman and Captain Knuckles, if you didn't notice. Brian Doyle Murphy, wow. or whatever his name is. Wow. We do got to wrap up here really quick. Though. We do.
0: We do. We do indeed, Davis. But again, the, the whole aerial thing. Yeah, y'all. Crazy. Just stop. Just stop. And then, trivia before we go, Davis, this a question you're going to have a chance to answer on there because I don't think you know it. I do know. Who it. was. Because you read it? No, but I already knew it. Then don't answer it then. Who was the second actor ever to decline an Oscar? Davis, do you know who the first one was?
1: No. No. Oh dang, I,
0: I, I don't know who it was either. But who was the second actor ever to can decline an Oscar? Can I give a fun Oscar? fact about this one? Yes.
1: Uh, he sent up a Native American lady to uh, to decline the war form, and John Wayne had to be held off stage because he wanted to go on and punch her.
0: Apparently so. Yes. Yeah. I've heard that story as well. But that's the question. You can you know if you you can tweet at us, do whatever you want about the answer to that question. But anyway, thanks to everyone for tuning in to another episode of Through Lens Mysteries, whatever you want to call it. We hope you enjoyed it. And, and if he declined have- it.
1: Sorry. He declined the award because of the treatment of the Native Americans at Wounded Knee.
0: Yes, that's right, yes. Davis. There you go. Thanks to everyone for tuning that, in that. to another episode of Through the Lens Mysteries. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you have any thoughts on the JFK film or the conspiracy itself, you can reach out to the shows and Instagram directly. Our life of crime continues next week with the Oceans Trilogy. I believe Maddie will be joining the show for that one. It will be very exciting. This is Alex shooting alongside my co-host Davis, Davis Carroll signing off, and we will talk again next week.